0: We have two special guests on our program today. One is Warren Smith, who is one of Christendom's greatest experts on the New Age movement and its impact on the church. The other is Mike Gendron, who is a highly respected expert on Christian doctrine. They will both be talking about why the church has become so inept in responding to the increasing secularization and paganization of our culture. Stay tuned.
1: Lamb and Lion Ministries presents. Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to Biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan.
0: Greetings in the name of Jesus, our Blessed Hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. Each year, this ministry hosts a Bible conference in the Dallas, Texas area. Sometimes it focuses on Bible prophecy, and other times our concern is apologetics. In 2014, the theme of the conference was America's Spiritual Crisis. Last week, we presented excerpts from the presentations of two of our conference speakers, Jan Markell and Eric Barger. If you missed that program, you can find it on our website at lamlion.com. Again, that website address is lamlion.com. This week, Our guest speakers will be Warren Smith and Mike Gendron. We're going to begin with Warren Smith, who was a former teacher within the New Age Movement. Since his conversion to Jesus as his Lord and Savior, Warren has devoted his time to teaching about the deceptive nature of the New Age Movement and its impact on the church. Here now is Warren Smith.
1: Dave uh, talked about at least 26 states being represented here. I was at a conference in Appleton, Wisconsin uh, a couple years ago, and they had a contest to see who had come the furthest to the conference. And there was actually a lady from China. And so she got all the applause and everything. And I was the first speaker, and I stepped up and I said, you know, I I hate to take away the thunder uh, from this gal from China, but I said, I came from the furthest place. I came from the new age. (laughs) Talk about far out. (laughs) When I was a kid and somebody got real bossy, we'd say, who do you think you are anyway, God? And we would quickly say, oh, no, no. Now, today, it's almost like the opposite. If you don't believe that there's a divine aspect to your inherent personality and being, you're out of step with the mainstream spirituality that's starting to take over this nation. I have a friend in New Orleans and his sister's deeply involved in the New Age. And I said, Ty, I said, you know, your, your sister's really involved with some really deceptive teachings. And he said, like what? And I said, well, she thinks she's God. He says, no way, there's no way she thinks that. And I said, ask her. Next time I saw him, he said, you know what? You're right. She actually thought she was God. The New Age worldview is is mainstream now. It used to be called New Age, now it's the new world view, the new age, new spirituality, new world view. New world religions are still a little too threatening, but if you have a new world view, that's that's in vogue and that's the answer to all these crises that Dave outlined so uh, well last night. That with everybody up against the wall, it's like the old cowboy westerns where the the bad guy's shooting at the good guy's feet and he says, dance. And while he's dancing, he says, now here's what I want you to do so I'll stop shooting at your feet. And that's kind of what we got going on here. We've got a lot of crises that are driving everybody one way or another, social, economic, spiritual, political, up against the wall. And we're being given answers. We're being given answers, supposedly, answers in quotes from the world on how we can work our way out of this. And one of the ways that we can work our way out of this is that they're, they're saying that there is an alternative to Armageddon. We don't have to have Armageddon. Now, as I'm sure most of you know, in Revelation, Armageddon is part of prophecy. Jesus didn't tell us that to make us feel bad or to to put fear in our hearts. He told us that the world's going to get so bad that it's going to have to be called on account of darkness. And Armageddon is part of what happens in the future. He, He said, behold, I tell you these things ahead of time so you won't be offended when they come. We really shouldn't be that offended by what's happening. We should praise God for his holy Bible and the fact that it describes everything that's going on today. My testimony, which is a whole nother session, the, the, the net result of my testimony is that the word of God described everything I was involved in. It describes everything that's going on today, and it describes what is going to keep going on into the future. When I was in the New Age... I would step in front of a group like you guys, although I didn't have that kind of a platform when I was in the new age, and I would say, every day in every way, things are getting better and better. Now, as a Christian, I stand before you and say, every day in every way, things are getting worse and worse. (laughs) What do you think is a more popular thing to say? I mean, people want to hear good news. The good news is Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. And when I learned that, it was, a, it was an incredible, incredible journey that I took where we were flying high in the new age. I'd been involved with psychics, gurus, a guru from India by the name of Bhagwan Shri Rajneesh. I worked with a channeler. Everything was going great. We were, my wife and I, girlfriend at the time, were evangelists in our hometown. We were spreading A Course in Miracles, which is, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. New revelation, supposedly from Jesus Christ. It's what Oprah Winfrey has been pushing for probably 22 years now on her program. And we'll we'll go into that. Jesus is supposedly giving new revelation to help us in this time of crisis, a false Christ, exactly what Jesus warned about in Matthew 24, 3 to 5. He said, take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. I bought it. I didn't, I just didn't know the scriptures. I was brought up in a very liberal church. What happened was, all of a sudden, my wife and I were having to deal with something that just seemed dark. But hey, there's no darkness, there's no evil in the new age. That's part of our belief system. If you see something that looks evil or dark, you're just looking at a metaphysical mirror. In other words, you're looking at something that's inside yourself. So instead of dealing with an external darkness or evil, you go inside yourself and you fix whatever fears you have. Pretty backward, but we bought it, and that's how psychology comes into being. That's how a lot of the New Age teachings come into being. Well, when we suddenly had to deal with something that just was oppressive, that was particularly bothering my wife, we did all of our New Age affirmations. For instance, the Course in Miracles, Jesus says to say, in my defenselessness, my safety lies. How do you like that? In my defenselessness, my safety lies. That's like the opposite of put on the full armor of God and stand fast against the wiles of the devil. We did all of our affirmations, we did all of our teachings, we consulted our, our New Age teachers, our Course of Miracles group leader, nothing worked. This presence just persisted, it would come and go. We were down in Southern California years ago, 1983 Christmas, we figured we'd put some space between this and, the, and the, this oppression, whatever it was. We just couldn't deal with it with our framework. When Joy, my wife, went to see a friend, I went to a, a bookstore in Hermosa Beach, called the Either or Bookstore. And I didn't go to the Christian section. I doubt if they even had a Christian section. But I went to the New Age healing section, and I saw a book that kind of jumped out at me. It was called The Beautiful Side of Evil by Johanna Michelson. How many of you are familiar with that book? Quite a few people. Well, as you know, this Christian book had no business being in the New Age section, but it it was. And we thank God for that. I pulled the book down, and I, I started... Reading it. And this woman had been born again in college, but she didn't have a firm Bible background. She was like the stony ground Christian whose roots just didn't go very deep. Uh, I think some of the word of God had been taken away, like the the wayside sower in the seed. And she got very involved in the New Age. She did just about everything that you could in Mexico City, including working with a psychic surgeon who did psychic healing. A spirit guide worked through a woman named Pachita and people were healed. However, they weren't really healed. It was a physical healing, but spiritually, you'd pay a huge price when you were under the hands of somebody that's involved with uh, metaphysics and with the New Age. Anyway, I went through her story, and I'm reading along because she's traveling along, you know, much the same journey that we had, and then all of a sudden, she had to deal with something that seemed a little oppressive. And I went, wow, that's kind of interesting. That's just like what we're doing. So I sat down on the floor of the bookstore, and I started to... To write down notes, especially when she started to hit scripture. I went, Well, this is interesting. First Timothy four, one, you know, the Spirit speaketh expressly. Then the latter time shall depart for the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits? Wow. So I'm writing this down. All of a sudden, a homeless mentally ill guy that I'd seen on the streets the day before came into the bookstore back around the corner where I was and started screaming at me. He said, What are you doing with that book? Are you gonna buy that book or what? And I just I just held the book to my chest and I went, This is Unbelievable. Is evil real? Can evil orchestrate a man to come right off the street to keep me from reading about it? And the answer was yes and yes. So there's the most remarkable solution she had. I, got, I worked with the homeless for years, so I was able to deal with this guy and get him, get him out of the store, and I continued reading the book. I wrote down the most amazing solution that she had, and the next day when this presence, if you will, and I guess that's a good word to use because we're hearing the word presence a lot these days, and every presence isn't good. And when this presence was around uh, my wife, I said, Joy, let's go in the backyard. I want to try something a little different. Don't, don't be scared. And I read exactly what Johanna had written in her book. It was straight from, based on scripture. And I said, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command that you leave. I claim the blood of Jesus Christ upon us and go to where Jesus takes you. And it was like, whoosh, it was like gone. My wife said, what was that? It's, it's gone. I said, I'm not completely sure, but it had something to do with the victory that Jesus won on the cross of Calvary over Satan. I could hardly get it out of my mouth. It seems that Satan is real. We started reading the Bible. You'd think, you know, a couple of people would get that kind of information that we would just fall down on our knees and, and convert that night. It took a little while, but we started reading the Bible with The Course of Miracles And uh, we we came to the Lord, and we're so grateful. I spoke with Johanna Michelson uh, three and a half weeks ago in Albuquerque, New Mexico. God's amazing. She's a a really good friend. And uh, and here, you know, her book was responsible. There have not been that many books in the faith that really testify to the New Age, to the deception from a personal standpoint. There have been some good testimonies, but there, there are not a whole lot of them. So I'm just so grateful because I know from writing The Light That Was Dark from the New Age to Amazing Grace, I know the warfare that comes in when you try to write a book like that. It's just part of what happens, but God's faithful and we got our books out. And if you have friends in the New Age, I've written my book somewhat like Johannes in that I take the reader through um, the deception. In other words, the book starts when I see a psychic, uh, a ball of light manifests over my head. And by the way, this is, this is what's happening everywhere today. Spiritual experience is taking precedent over God's word. Experience is reinterpreting the Bible. It's becoming extra biblical. And as you'll see with the Course in Miracles, the Jesus of A Course in Miracles is not only giving new revelation, but he's giving new revelation that flips the Bible completely upside down. Years ago, uh, my wife and I were in San Francisco. And we went to the Ghirardelli Chocolate Factory and they are, they're famous for their ice cream sundays. And we're sitting there with our friends, and we had our number, and the next number was called, and the number was 666. <laughs> and, and we heard this, this ungodly voice go, yes. And this guy did like a Frankenstein walk up to the, get his ice cream. But you know what? There was a there was a nervousness in the room. There was a tension. It was like we were all laughing, but it's like Antichrist. It's kind of like we don't talk much about this false Christ that looms in the future. Pastor Chuck Smith uh, from Calvary Chapel, the late Chuck Smith, wrote a book in 1976. And it's called Antichrist Revealed. On the front cover, it said... Remember, 1976, he said, The stage is being set. The world and the minds of men are being conditioned for a leader, one who can establish peace and safety in these perplexing times. The Bible predicts these events and describes this man of solutions whose number is 666. I would suggest that the crisis, the spiritual crisis that we're in right now, is basically this. When I was young, there was a show called To Tell the Truth. They would have three people who would claim to be the same person. For instance, one would say, my name is Jesus Christ. The second would say, my name is Jesus Christ. The third one would say the same thing, my name is Jesus Christ. The real Jesus Christ had to answer questions, the real contestant had to answer questions truthfully. The other two could say whatever they wanted. And at the end of the program, the moderator would say, will the real Jesus Christ please stand up? And those of you that maybe have been around long enough to see that show, they'd shift and, you know, one would look like they're getting up and then the the real one would stand up. This is pretty much what's going on today. We're having new definitions. Jesus Christ is being reinvented.
0: I wish we had the time to present more of Warren Smith's presentation because I know you would be fascinated by it. He went on to talk about how Oprah Winfrey has emerged as one of the foremost New Age teachers in the world today. And he gave examples of deceptive New Age teachings contained in popular books like Jesus Calling. The next speaker I would like to share with you on this program is Mike Gendron. Mike is a highly recognized expert on Christian doctrine. His presentation at our 2014 Bible Conference was focused on what we as Christians need to do about the spiritual crisis that exists in the church today. Here now is Mike Gendron.
2: Because the bottom line is, what hope does our nation have if its moral compass, the church, refuses to be the holy nation that God has called it out of the world to be? Peter called the church a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We have a great God and Savior in our Lord Jesus Christ, and we must be proclaiming his praises, his majesty, and his sufficiency to a lost and dying nation. So with that important reminder, let us look at the spiritual crisis in our nation. In Proverbs fourteen thirty four, we see righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And despite our Christian heritage, America is rapidly degenerating into a post-Christian godless society. Our government sanctions the murder of unborn children and legalizes homosexual marriages. America has been the largest exporter of pornography throughout the world. I was once a proud Eagle Scout, and we had to give an oath to be morally straight. The Boy Scouts of America now... Welcomes openly homosexual boys into the scouts. Did you read about Burger King last week? It has come out of the closet in full support of the homosexual lifestyle and now sells hamburgers to prove how proud it is of the homosexual sin. It is called the Proud Whopper, and it's enclosed in a rainbow-colored wrapper with the inscription, We're all the same inside. Have you heard about the new Bible translation called Good as New? It describes itself as gay and center friendly Pope Francis, the leader of 70 million American Catholics, was named Person of the Year by The Advocate, America's oldest homosexual magazine. These and other sins of our nation are indeed a reproach to its people. David Wells probably described our churches as no longer the moral compass that we once were with this description. He said, God rests too inconsequentially upon the church. His truth is too distant. His grace is too ordinary. His gospel is too easy. His judgments are too benign, and his Christ is too common. And tragically, our church has lost its divine purpose to equip the saints to go out into the world to be the salt and light, to evangelize the lost. Instead, the church has invited the world into its sanctuary, and pastors spend more time entertaining the goats than feeding the sheep. The church has been seduced by the wealth and pleasure of America, and it's now condoning its sinful behavior. But before we look at the crisis within our church today, we must recognize by God's grace and providence, there are still a few churches that are exalting the Lord Jesus Christ, that they're giving a high view of God, that they're faithfully preaching the whole counsel of God, that they're earnestly contending for the faith, and they're evangelizing the lost. And I tell you what, if you belong to one of these churches, consider yourself blessed because these churches are on the endangered species list. What are the causes for the current crisis in the American church? It's mainly because God's blueprint for building His church has been replaced. We have many pastors today saying, Lord, we tried your blueprint, but we just weren't getting the numbers. We've got a better idea. And so they've come up with a different blueprint that's drawing the world inside the sanctuary. We also are in an emerging postmodern culture, and it's uprooting the church from her doctrinal heritage. Church leaders are mostly unaware, unconcerned, or unresponsive to Satan's attempts to destroy God's church. We look at God's blueprint for building his church in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 42, we read they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And because of that, the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. God's church was never ordained to be a social club, to follow the methods and schemes of men. In fact, God's church is, like any, is unlike any other organization man has ever devised because man didn't devise it, God did. But wherever God's church is doing an effective work for our Lord, the attacks of the devil are present. And I think the New Testament says it well as we look at all the warnings that will be coming against the church, the fiery darts of the devil. We see that worldly fables will invade the church, speculations, empty philosophy, false knowledge, doctrines of demons, the exaltation of men lying spirits, vain deceits, heresies, and traditions of men. Churches that do not seek the divine protection over them will ultimately fall victim to the schemes and the methods of the devil. Church leaders need to be reminded that they have been given a divine mandate to protect the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. That's how precious the church of Jesus Christ is. He died for the church, and pastors have been ordained to protect it. But what we have seen, it appears that the sheep are more concerned than many of the pastors. Many sheep that go to their pastors and ask them, why are you allowing such heresy into the church? They're actually dismissed because they don't want discernment in the church. Well, we need to identify several others of the crisis going on in the church. I think it really all begins with a lack of reverence for God and his word, and we want to look at each one of these in more detail. We also see a man-centered evangelism going on in our churches today. The church is rejecting God's call to repentance. It is now proclaiming compromised gospels, and we are now tolerant and we're seeking unity with many false religions. As we look at each one of these causes, we all need to make sure that we're part of the solution and not part of the problem. Peter said it this way, it's time for the judgment to begin at the household of God, and if it begins with us, what will be the outcome of those who do not obey the gospel of God? 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17 So let's look at each one of these causes through the lens of Scripture. I believe a lack of reverence for God and His Word is the beginning of any spiritual crisis. It always begins when people bring God down to our level and they turn away from the Word of God and start following religious traditions. As God's Word is knowingly put aside, people become more vulnerable to Satan's schemes and attacks. And God is looking for those who tremble at his word and defend its supreme authority, its infallibility, its inspiration, its sufficiency, and its errancy. And I don't know about you, but I I think you would agree that we all need to be trembling at God's word because God magnifies his word above his name. We see that in Psalm 138, verse 2. It is his word that will judge all people on the last day. Yet the latest Gallup poll revealed Americans have a low opinion of the Bible. Of the 80% of Americans who identify themselves as Christians, only 40% of them attend church regularly. Only 58% believe the Bible is the actual word of God, but they don't necessarily believe what it means. They say it's only authoritative as long as the reader has the final say on on what it actually means. Thus, the majority of professing Christians in America have rejected the objective truth of the Bible, and instead, they've replaced it with a truth of their own. So as a result, God's Word is explained away to allow for the sins of homosexuality and adultery and also any sins of self-indulgence. They just explain it away because ultimately, they're the ones that get to decide what is truth. That's the postmodern era that we're in today. Well, when you look at the lack of reverence for God in His church, I think we can categorize all the preachers in our churches in three different ways. There is the first category those who preach the whole counsel of God, exhorting in sound doctrine and refuting those who contradict what the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 2. In the second category, we have those who avoid sound doctrine and they cater to man's desires with ear-tickling words, as Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 4 verses 3 to 4. And then we have those who secretly introduce destructive heresies and malign the way of truth. In the first category, you have those who preach the word In the second category you have those who avoid the Word, and in the third category those who pervert the Word.
0: Well, once again I wish we had the time to share with you the rest of Mike Gendron's great presentation. He proceeded to discuss four major problems that exist in the Church today, namely presenting man-centered evangelism, rejecting God's call to repentance, preaching compromised Gospels, and showing tolerance toward and seeking unity with false religions you can get Warren Smith and Mike Gendron's complete presentations on our conference video album titled, America's Spiritual Crisis. Well, that's our program for this week. Next week, the Lord willing, we will present excerpts from the powerful presentation that was made at our 2014 Bible Conference by Carl Gallup's, a pastor from Florida who is a best-selling author. Carl will be speaking on America's deliberate forgetfulness. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near.
3: The video album containing all six presentations made at the 2014 Lamb and Lion Bible Conference is ready for distribution. The album contains three DVDs and each one contains two presentations that run 50 minutes each. All the presentations are related to the overall conference theme of America's Spiritual Crisis. View Dave Reagan's detailed and chilling indictment of America's rebellion against God. See Warren Smith speaking about the destructive impact of the New Age movement on the churches of America. Witness Jan Markel outlining in detail how our nation is gradually Turned against Israel. Watch Eric Barger expose the terrible heresies that are weakening the church in America. View Mike Gendron warning of God's impending judgment on our nation and his passionate call for national repentance. And see Carl Gallup's thrilling presentation about our nation's deliberate forgetfulness of God and his word. The album can be yours for a donation of $25 or more, plus the cost of shipping. To order, call the number you see on the screen between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, or place your order through our website at lamblion.com. Christ in Prophecy is made possible through the faithful and generous support of viewers like you. Please consider making a donation to Laman Line Ministries so that we can continue broadcasting the message of Jesus's soon return. Thank you and God bless you.